Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. So, Ian, we are, um, we are back and we are going to talk about uh, the opting out of Juwan James. But I think that you, you said it correctly when we were in our sort of pre-show fistfight that uh, we aren't even sure that he actually exists. Much like the joke about Bryce Callahan, Juwan James has spent so little time on the field for the Denver Broncos that uh, there is a, a, a small likelihood that he's not even a real person. I, I believe he probably is, and, and I don't want to make light of his decision, but it is one of those things where, as a fan, this is a signing that has not necessarily been uh, on the stellar side of the list for the Denver Broncos. And I totally get the need to be frustrated to be irritated by the fact that a guy doesn't want to play, but I'm not going to take the route to take pot shots at a guy for making a decision that's best for him and his family. That's entirely up to him. What he does and what he decides to do is his right. And he should be given that. And we should not as Broncos country resort to taking pot shots and calling him weak or calling him uh, unmotivated or have no heart. There's no place for that. This is a serious disease, whether you believe it is or not. He made the decision that was best for him and his family. Respect that. Still be frustrated, 
but there's no need to take shots at him. As for the Broncos, I think this highlights the biggest problem, and that's they can't find a right tackle. And I, I always go back to this. When the Broncos had the ability to go after Mitchell Schwartz, who is one of, if not the best right tackle in football, John Elway and the Broncos decided to throw money at Donald Stevenson, who the Chiefs let go so they could sign Mitchell Schwartz. Yeah, it's um, it's not a good look, right? It's, it's one of those things where as you start to go backwards in time and you start to look at some of those decisions that have led us to the place that we're at now, you go, oh, man, that could have that could have gone a lot a lot differently. Now, I, I personally am not going to to slam the Broncos over not going after Mitchell Schwartz because I don't know if they did or not. I, I mean, that's the thing. We don't have the inside information there, but it is clearly – uh, something that was a miss. If they didn't go after him, it was a miss because why weren't you going after him? And if you did go after him and he didn't sign with you, that tells you that Mitchell Schwartz was looking at a Denver Broncos franchise and a Kansas City Chiefs franchise and was making a decision based on which franchise he was probably going to have the most success with. That's a bit of a bummer as well because it means that players are looking at the Broncos in a way that they don't see a potential for success or they just didn't throw enough money at the guy. And so instead of getting, you know, the, the top guy as the right tackle, you get the door prize, which is a guy who essentially was sent away so that they could sign Mitchell Schwartz. So you, you make a really good point there. And I do believe when you start to talk about the attempt to fix the problem, because that's what Juwan James was. Juwan James was an attempt at fixing the problem at right tackle. And it hasn't worked out because of injury, because he hasn't been right. And it was it. what's most frustrating about him opting out this season, from a fan's perspective, about football only. And, and again, I sort of echo your sentiment there. I started with a little joke, but I do believe he has the right to opt out. And in this sort of climate that we live in, he's probably making the right choice for himself and his family. But if you look at where this has gone with him opting out, what you see is a continued sort of cluster bleep of mistakes at the right tackle position. Now, I I can't tell you who they should have gone after at right tackle instead of Juwan James because I believe that in the market that they were in, he was the top guy. I think he was the guy that was maybe not necessarily the most coveted, but he kind of fit what the Broncos were trying to do. And so it ends up not working out. A lot of what you get in football is luck, and we've talked about that as well. And he's had bad luck with injuries. He's had bad luck with you know, the way his legs have been over the course of the last few seasons, and, and you can't control some of those things. Your body does what your body does. It's just frustrating from the perspective of a fan who continues to see the downfall of the tackle position in general, right and left. I mean, that that's really the big issue here is that you're not just talking about the right tackle position because left tackle is locked down. You're talking about both tackle positions because, you know, you can't just, they, they just can't hold on to a good set of tackles. And, and that's really frustrating. So you've got Garrett Bowles over on the left who let's, let's hope he can figure things out in this season and, and maybe find his way into a, a contract, a contract. I know they they didn't uh, sign him to his option, which is probably the smart move. But then now you're going to have Elijah Wilkinson off the pup list stepping in. Is he the answer? I mean, I know that when we've I've spoken with Benjamin Albright about this on uh, Broncos Country tonight before, 
He thinks Elijah Wilkinson is going to be good. He thinks that uh, having a set position for Wilkinson is going to make him a better player. I suppose it would for anybody. But is he going to be good enough to really help Drew Locke and keep Drew Locke safe in a, in a season when we're looking to see if this kid can really be the guy and, and be the, the, the starting quarterback for the future of the Denver Broncos. So you bring up, now what? Yeah. Now that Dwan James has opted out, what do the Broncos do? And I think for now they're going to stick with Elijah Wilkinson because I, I think there is people inside that facility who like him. Benjamin Albright is not just going to say that unless he's been told by people who like him and think that he can be that kind of player. So I think they're going to go into training camp once they get on the field and they start doing on-field activity. They're going to stick with Elijah Wilkinson. They're going to see whether or not he can he can man the position, so to speak. I'm not holding my breath on Garrett Bowles, but we'll see. I and if if Elijah Wilkinson doesn't pan out, if he if he he's not living up to the expectations of Mike Munchak and Chris Cooper and Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio, I th- I don't think there's a free agent out there that is going to be that big of a difference maker. So I would look for them to potentially make a trade to see if there's a trade option that John Elway and this front office can make to get that tackle, whether it's left or whether it's right. If there is a way to make a deal, because the big thing that comes out of this now, since Juwan James opted out and Tom Pelissaro tweeted this, not only does his $10 million salary come off the books for 2020, so does the $3 million prorated portion of his signing bonus. So the Broncos now have $13 million in cap relief. So that gives them some flexibility. And it may not just be for tackle. Logan Ryan is still a free agent. He's one of the best cornerbacks in football, arguably. If you have concerns about cornerback depth that's a pretty good depth signing to make if you're John Elway and Vic Fangio so while I get like I said I get the frustration of Juwan James opting out I think he has the potential to be a good offensive lineman he just can't stay healthy and now you throw a pandemic into the equation and he thought the the risk was greater than the reward. Now the Broncos have to pivot, and what they do is going to be very interesting. But for now, I think they're going to stick with Elijah Wilkinson. Yeah, you you make a good point there. With the cap space that is sort of opened up, that does give the Broncos an option to kind of go and, uh, you know, maybe you're patching a different hole with the money that you wanted to use on, on you know, the hole on the other side of the wall. But but there are still holes, right? And you can still patch them up. And, and you're right. Logan Ryan would be an excellent addition to the defense, I think. And it would uh, also free up a little bit of time for a, a guy like a Michael Ojemudier, uh to to find his sea legs, if you will, coming into the league as a rookie. It's not always an easy way to do things. And so I, I definitely think that could be something that helps uh, on that side of the football. So, you know, if, if you're going to, you know, get, you know, get a bunch of lemons, you know, take, take it, make lemonade, add vodka. And now you have vodka lemonade. I suppose that's really the the best option here for the Denver Broncos. It is, it is one of those things where I think as this moves forward, as, as we near the deadline, which is, I believe 2 PM 
on uh, thir- Thursday, which is uh, the 6th, so August 6th at 2 p.m. That got moved up, um, which I, I don't understand how the NFL can do that. that. Let me just sort of take a side here. The NFL just sort of arbitrarily decided that the opt-out date would be moved up, and I think that was maybe a little bit uh, a little bit shady, but I, I suppose whatever smarter people than me or meaner people than me, I, I don't know, uh, have made those decisions. But it looks like you kind of need to have a, a limit on the time just because you need to make sure that you know you've got people committing to the season. You don't want a Jonas Cespedes situation where you get you know 10 games into the season and the guy's like this team sucks I'm out I'm, I'm opting out you don't want that to happen either so uh, I do understand that but with with the moving up of that date teams are going to start to solidify a little bit more you're going to stop hearing about uh, all the Patriots opting out so that they can run out little sisters of the poor for a season and draft Trevor Lawrence which which might happen uh, could could that happen I don't know Bill Belichick's a mastermind at those things and you're going to start to hear about just football, right? You're going to start to hear about football happening. Teams are getting back into facilities. Teams are going through the process of, of getting ready for the season. So once we get past this opt-out period and we don't hear any more of those opt-out situations, it'll be a little bit easier to kind of just get back into the, the swing of just watching teams make moves to ensure that they're getting better. And, and like you said, Logan Ryan on the defensive side, I'd be cool with that. And I'm going to throw this out there too because they have the cap space. I don't. I, he's still unsigned, and that's Jadavian Clowney. You can never have enough pass rushers, so it, you may not have the ability to go after an offensive tackle. But why not shore up your defense? So um, I don't think it'll happen, but I don't think anything can be ruled out. Um, I, there's also the possibility that Elway. And the Broncos roll this cap space over to 2021 and save it when you have no idea what's going to happen with this season. There's the hope that it happens. There's the hope that they play, but there is no way you can have an expectation of it. There's just too much that we don't know. And then that ties into well, what then what happens with uh, finances and the salary cap for 2021. So if they want to be cautious and they want to be prepared for for things that they may not know what's going to happen, they can roll this cap space over and save it for 2021 and then have even more of a blanket to prepare themselves. Yeah, and I do think the NFL was smart here. The NFL and the NFLPA got together, and they did put a limit on how low the cap could go uh, in in the next season because they they realized that the potential for not having fans in the stadiums, how that's going to hurt revenue is going to be an issue and the potential for missing games. I mean, they already have lost all the revenue from preseason games, which I I know we sort of rail against preseason games, but on a, you know, sort of that the money side of things, having those preseason games creates revenue. That revenue goes into the pool and that money gets spent on players and, and all kinds of other things as well. So you're you're going to see potentially a huge drop in revenue, which is going to affect the cap. It's going to affect what teams choose to do as far as paying players. I, I would be curious to see, and, and we'll find out, I'll be curious to see what happens with contracts. Are you going to see $500 million contracts for players in 2021 when you don't know what revenue is going to be like in 2020? I, I doubt that we're going to be seeing huge, like, Patrick Mahomes style contracts for a little bit. At least that's the way it would uh, appear to me. 
moving forward. So, you know, there's a lot going on here. This pandemic has affected sports, all sports, in ways that we never really anticipated. And it has been uh, interesting to watch how different different sports and different franchises have handled or not handled or mishandled the, the coronavirus and the pandemic and how it's affecting their teams. We talked on the show last week about the Broncos and Bradley Chubb's walkthrough of all of the all of the stuff that's going on in the 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 facility to keep players safe. I saw a great tweet from the Broncos today. Uh, they were running out to practice. The whole team's lined up behind what looks like a, a metal detector, and it's it's spraying what I can only assume is some sort of hydrogen peroxide disinfectant because hydrogen peroxide is one of the most effective. And it's just spraying them. And they all run through this spray before they head out to the, the practice field. I, it looked funny because it looked like they were going to maybe get patted down if the spray detected that they had a weapon on them or something. I don't know. But they got that is something that's that's being put in place. The protocols that are being put in place are keeping players safe, which is the most important thing that they can do right now. The big question is going to be when they come out of their little facility bubbles, because right now each team is in a mini bubble. They're all at their own facilities. They're all in their own communities. Once they start traveling to other places to play football games, how is that going to be uh, impacting the way that they do things? And that's going to be something that plays out over the course of the next couple of months. I think the big difference with Major League Baseball is the NFL will only travel the day on Saturday. So Saturday, Saturday afternoon is when they'll travel. They will only be in the city that they will play in for one night. The next day on Sunday, they play the game, they leave. That's a big difference between Major League Baseball. If you look at what the, the Colorado Rockies are in right now, they're in the midst of a four-game homestand with the San Francisco Giants. The Giants are going to spend, what, five nights, four nights in Denver. So they probably showed up Sunday for the first game on Monday, and then they play here until Thursday. So at least five nights they are going to be in Denver. That's a long time in an opposing city. And especially when you go to the East Coast or you go to the South or you go to the Southwest, that's where it starts to be really dicey. That's why Major League Baseball is in such a disadvantage. The NFL they're limited by the travel. So I don't think that that is as much of an issue as it is for major league baseball. I think the big thing is, is that these next few weeks are going to be critical to whether the national football league plays or not, because now is when you set in your habits. This is when you create them, not just on the field, but off. And that's especially important right now during COVID-19. You need to create these new habits. You need to create these new routines to where they become second nature. You can't do what you've done in the past. You can't go out with your buddies. You can't go to a movie. You can't go to a bar in Colorado. Governor Polis has limited alcohol sales at bars and restaurants to 10 p.m. You can't go out and get milk. Shout out to Derek Jeter. Not really a shout out. It's kind of a I, I just th This is going to be critical. And I, I think we've touched on this last week, how we applauded the Broncos for taking this as serious as they have, because I think that's what does it. When you have leadership at the top, and Joe Ellis has done this, John Elway has done this, 
when you hammer home how serious it is and how serious the organization takes it, it trickles down. The players and everyone in the organization starts to realize, well, if they're taking it serious, I need to take it serious too. So I applaud Joe Ellis and the Broncos for doing that and putting in all these protocols that they put in place at Dove Valley at the UC Health Training Center. But the next few weeks are going to be critical. What the players do to ensure that they're doing what they can to remain safe and their teammates are remaining safe, it's going to be key. And it's not just the Broncos. It's the 31 other organizations in the National Football League that have to do this. Absolutely. You know, and it's and the Broncos have been, I think, one of the franchises that have, have had pretty good success in keeping everybody safe. I know the news of uh, Andrew Beck came out, uh, I think it was like August 1st, maybe it was July 31st recently, uh, that he uh, he was put on the uh, COVID-19 list because he had a, a positive test. Um, and so that was something they caught, and he, uh, he went right on the list and is now quarantining, I'm sure, and, and trying to get himself healthy. But the, the Broncos have done a good job. Uh, I believe, just based on the things that we've seen. But you bring up a really good point about everybody having to be, uh, you know, all in on on the sort of taking this seriously and not uh, and not just sort of brushing it aside as something. Well, you know, you hear a lot from athletes. Uh, you know, it'll never happen to me. That's something that you get all the time. You know, when you talk about uh, just in life in general, car accidents. Uh, cancer, um, you know, in football, you're talking about injuries, you're talking about uh, getting caught going out late at night and doing something stupid to keep to leave. You know, it'll never happen to me, right? It'll never happen to me. That's something that you hear a lot in NFL and in Major League Baseball and all sports because they're young athletes who believe that they are indestructible, right? These are These are athletes who are top of the line in physical shape. They are clearly some of the best athletes in the world, and so they they believe that they're indestructible. And while that's something you have to have as a mentality on the field, if you bring that with yourself off the field, then it's going to lead to mistakes. And so it's imperative that teams are emphasizing the importance of this and making sure that their players are taking it seriously. But it's not just the players. There's There are coaches and staff members and trainers and secretaries and Vice presidents of football operations. You can go down the list of all of the people who are involved in sports, in 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 each team individually, and it can't just be about the players. And you know, we we had a you know a little conversation before we started. Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports uh, wrote a good article about this, and, and we kind of looked through it together here. And Ryan Edwards of Broncos Country tonight. A few shout outs to Broncos Country tonight here. Uh, posted a a quote from it that essentially was talking about the the coaches not taking it seriously and if you you know I'll just read the quote to you it says uh, you know uh, added another team employee the coaches it's always going to be looser with the rules we have some coaches who don't even believe this is a real thing so you know those guys aren't going to be following everything that is to me that is where you're going to find your problems and it's not just coaches it's also players but this idea that some people, and, and I, I hate that this is something that's been politicized, and, and I know that we'll probably get shouted at in the comments or, or something like that, but some people are are not taking this seriously because they don't think it's serious. They don't believe it's serious, and I, and that's fine. 
if if they don't believe that this is real or that it's really that serious or or whatever it may be, that's totally fine. But you have to look at the environment around you and how everybody else is looking at this. And you have to realize that it doesn't matter what your personal feelings are on this. Your job is on the line. Your job is on the line if you don't take this pandemic seriously, whether you believe in it or not. You know, you have to take it seriously or else what's going to happen is you're going to have teams that are incapable of putting uh, a product on the field and then the season is in jeopardy. And if you don't want the season to be in jeopardy, if you want to keep your job, if you want to make sure that you are uh, able to go out there on Sundays and play football, then then you have to take it seriously. And if that means you have to pretend, then pretend. That's f- I'm fine with that. Just pretend. Go into your little happy place and pretend it's a, the most serious thing in the world. And then let's all get through this together. And And then what will it hurt you? Nothing. It won't hurt you at all. And we will have had a season and everybody will be fine. That's what needs to happen here. And just to give a little more context, Charles Robinson did a story with um, 11 employees that he spoke to in different franchises across the NFL a week into the 32 teams establishing their respective COVID-19 protocols. And my response to those coaches who don't think it's real Get on the phone and talk to Doug Peterson. If you don't think it's real, as an NFL coach, call one of your fellow coaches who just tested positive for the coronavirus and ask him if it's real. I And it's not just your job is on the line. Your life could be on the line. I would much rather life have could be or- on the line. I would much rather have an organization like the Broncos, which is taking this serious. Maybe it's in some people's minds, it's too much. I would much rather have them do that than have this belief from some of these coaches who don't think it's real. Ask the 160,000 people who have died if this is real and ask their families. And you touched on this. We still don't know the ramifications of what this will do to the body. But there are talks about respiratory issues. And the fact that Von Miller and Kareem Jackson have been able to respond like they have after testing positive to this is crazy to me. Because we still don't know what the ramifications of this are. There are people who have had it, and it comes back. So I would much rather people take it more seriously than they need to than not to take it serious because it is serious. Yeah, you're, you're right. And I'll, get, I'll give you a, 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 an example, a real-world example here. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, Major League Baseball's back up, and we, we sort of made fun of the Marlins and whatnot. But uh, they, their ace pitcher, he's a 27-year-old stud pitcher, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, and he tested positive for COVID-19, and he is now dealing with a heart issue that has knocked him out for the season. When I say knocked him out for the season, I mean he's got a heart issue now that he probably is going to have to live with for the rest of his life, and and that came from the virus getting into his system. And so it is a matter of not just life and death, but long-term health issues that 
you have to take seriously. And again, I know that there's people that are going to turn this off and they're going to be mad at us for, for saying things that maybe they don't agree with. And, and that's fine. If you don't agree with our statements on this, I, I totally understand that and I get it. But what what drives me nuts about that and what really bothers me about it is it's pretty clear that you could just take it seriously and, and think in the back of your mind, ah, this is no big deal. I'm just going to do this to be on the safe side and then we could all get through this instead of having to be um, defiant about it and showing your, you know, your freedom and saying, I can do what I want. It's a wonderful trait that Americans have. We can do what we want. We can do anything. We have the freedom to do things and that's great. But in this particular instance, maybe it's, it's a good idea to step back and say, okay, I can do what I want, but what I want to do is make sure that everybody is safe, healthy, and, and can get through this season. I, I mean, we're seeing a whole plethora of problems that come from this particular pandemic. And, you know, the best thing we can do is work hard together to get through it. But that's the key. It's that word that we have to keep remembering. It's together. This is about being together. I think the NFL has done a really good job of being together. And to bring it back to the Broncos, they've done a really good job of making decisions together, making those choices together to take it seriously together so that they can have a healthy team that can get out on the field and can perform and can play well and and entertain us on Sundays because that's what they're there for. They're there for, for our entertainment and our enjoyment. Well, if we don't take it seriously or if they don't take it seriously then you don't have that entertainment, you don't have that enjoyment, and your Sundays are empty. And I would rather not have to live with empty Sundays. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.